Greetings, this is Gary Rogowski for the Northwest Woodworking Studio. Welcome to our podcast. This one entitled Flow. I was going to call it Feng Shui, but what do I know about Feng Shui? Not really that much. I mean, I took a class one time and I know how to, you know, look at a house or my shop, divide it into its various compartments, but, you know, that I'm, I'm hardly an expert. I just uh, I just have this sense that energy does have uh, a pathway. And um, in the shop, what I know for certain is that when you've got things flowing right, the work just comes out of you. I mean, it's it's quick, it's easy. It's the greatest feeling in the world when you have that flow in the shop. So, how to achieve that? I don't recommend hanging bells and whistles and things, uh, you know, crystals, um, over the table saw to increase your your chi. Um, And let me just tell you, I I started taking Tai Chi a long time ago. Uh, Actually, I took a class at uh, this great school called Aramont. Aramont is in Tennessee. Uh, it's in uh, sort of an odd place called Gatlinburg. Um, but Aramont's been around for 100 plus years. And um, I was teaching a class there. And, and in the evening, they they offer other classes. Hey, do you want to try this out? Do you want to try this out? And I took a class in Tai Chi. And I found it fascinating. And took some, some more classes when I got back home to Portland. And one of the things we would do in class was to stand in a group and start patting ourselves from the head all the way down. And we were supposed to be filling our bodies with the light of heaven. And I thought, what the hell am I doing here with myself with the light of heaven? It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And yet, we would do this other exercise where we'd stand in a group, and we were supposed to be extending our energy out to other people. And there was this gal in class who, uh, she was she was a frail frail woman and has some trouble breathing and you know I did everything I could to extend extend energy out to her you know it's like what the hell if, if this stuff works here you go here's my energy so um, this sort of stuff um, is mysterious to me um, oh Mr. Nuts and Bolts here but I do know that in the in the shop uh, when things are going right it's the greatest now, most of the time, you're at the shop, uh, you're at your bench, and you go to use a tool, and the jig is out of whack, and you got to fix it. you got to take half an hour to fix it. Or the machine breaks down, you blow a condenser or something, and you got to fix that. Or, you know, one thing after another, the phone rings just at the wrong time, and you can't get that rhythm. I know when I was building furniture on a full-time basis, it would take me hours to get up to speed. It would take me two, three hours to get up to speed to where I was able to block out everything and just get on track and get to work. Uh, some people can do it quicker than that. I have a difficult time doing that. So it takes me some time to get warmed up, for lack of a better term. And what is it about woodworkers that makes them think they don't have to warm up? This is, this is such a curious thing. You, you, you know you go to a baseball game early to watch the ballplayers warm up. I watched Alex Rodriguez uh, up in Seattle one time throwing to home plate on a, 
on a rocket, on a line from the, the left field wall all the way to home plate. What a gun that guy had. What an arm. Uh, this is what they were doing before the game. Musicians warm up. Baseball players warm up. Woodworkers walk into the shop and screw up the first piece of wood they get their hands on. That's why I developed the, uh, the five-minute dovetail. Uh, check out our YouTube channel and check out the five-minute dovetail. Uh, I originally thought about it as a way to teach people how to cut dovetails, but in the end, I realized it's far more important as a way to just get yourself centered, just get yourself focused at the bench. Because we come in from outside and we're doing this and that and dropped the kids off or fought traffic or whatever it was that particular day. And getting our focus tight enough, concentrated enough, is important. Doing a five-minute dovetail is, is one way, I find, of, of, of doing that. And sometimes it takes longer than that, I admit. Sometimes it t- does take longer. And so how do we achieve that flow? I think one of the ways of, of doing that is to uh, arrange your world properly. Get your tools where they, they need to be. Practice your routines. I know before any glue-up, I don't care what kind of glue-up it is, I always practice it. It can be a simple edge lamination, and I still go through all the steps, make sure I have all my clamps, I have a glue stick, I've got my mallet so I can tap things flat to my my clamps, uh, have a C-clamp to line up the edges if I need, and I just walk through all the steps once dry and practice. It's really valuable, particularly in glue-ups where um, you can practice a, a, an assembly, uh, a more complicated assembly than an edge lamination, say, where you're gluing up a table or something. And, you know, you have a lot of parts and they all need to go together the right way and, and, and you do it four or five times and it goes together perfectly each time. And then you add the glue and everything changes. Well, don't blame the glue you have to be ready for these situations. What are you going to do when things go out of square? What are you going to do when the joint locks up before you've pulled it all the way home? You've got clamps sitting there ready to help you out. So it's that sort of thinking ahead and practicing ahead that allows you to deal with the situations that come up. Um, thinking on your feet uh, is is great, but it really helps if you practice thinking on your feet. So I, I walk through all my glue-ups, dry at least once, and then get ready for the real thing. The same thing is true with, uh, with cutting a, hand-cutting a dovetail joint. There's nothing magical about it. It's just practice. And if you can have a method for sawing, and there are different methods f- for doing that, but have a method for sawing that you're comfortable with and that you've practiced, and you have a method for... A, getting your chisels sharp, and B, learning how to chop with them, then cutting the dovetails is a nice task. It takes a few hours to to build a box, a drawer or something, hand-cutting dovetails, but it can be a very pleasant task if the flow is there. If the flow is not there, then there's... Well, let's see. We turn and we blame the tool, (laughs) we blame the wood, or we blame... Ah, you know, dad for the way he raised me and, uh, you know, you just, you're looking out for all these excuses instead of looking to yourself and 
trying to find the flow, that calmness inside. There's this great quote in the in the Robert Persick book, uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which, if you have not read, please go out and get a copy. Uh, wonderful book. And uh, in it, he's talking about some uh, some motorcycle and the manual. It's a Japanese motor- motorcycle, and the manual that comes with it and I'm, I'm just paraphrasing here, the manual says something like, uh, for assembly of motorcycle, great peace of mind required. And it's true. It's true. It really is. You have to be ready to sit back and make some mistakes when you're cutting dovetails and sit back and say, okay, what did I do wrong? How do I fix that? And go about it and do it right the next time out, you hope. Um, but this is... The problem at the bench that we have is usually me. The problem that I have at the bench is usually me. It's not the wood and it's not the project. It's it's not being completely focused. It's not being completely aware and it's not thinking ahead. It's taking five passes and then forgetting that I'm, oh, I'm cutting on end grain and click, I've just nicked off the chunk of wood. The problem at the bench is usually me. And being aware of, of focus and practice really helps me uh, at the bench uh, to get work done in a, in a, in a good fashion. And it can, it can feel great. When it's, when it's working, it feels great. It's, uh, it's like a, I don't know, it's not a roller coaster ride. It's just a fun ride. It's like a train ride. And you're on it, and you don't want to get off because you're getting a whole lot of work done. And that's something that can't be gotten just by hoping for it. One has to practice. So let's say, let's go back to this uh, dovetail example. Let's say you want to cut some dovetails. So what are the things you need to do in order to have flow at the bench in the cutting of your dovetails? Well, we gotta, we got to go back. And we start with the, uh, the material. Uh, you have to mill up stock that's flat and square. And I'll say square-ish. It's not super critical. It's perfect. But, you know, we need stock that's flat. I think that's, that's far more important. Um, and then we need to have tools that are sharp and ready to go. It's going to be very difficult to saw dovetails the tails and pins without a a decent saw that you're practiced with. How do you practice? Get out some scrap wood. Just make saw cuts. Until you've cut a hundred five-minute dovetails, you're just learning how to hold yourself at the bench. There's so much uh, that has to happen um, in the dialogue between your brain and your body as you're standing there at the bench and you're sitting there going, oh, this, this feels right, or this doesn't feel right. I've got to move my arm here. And, um, so practicing your sawing, making sure your chisels are sharp. They need to be sharp before you start this job. Otherwise, you're going to have to stop the job and sharpen them. So before you begin, you need to do that work, and tools need to be ready. Or you could, as as in my case, have another set of chisels that's sharp and um and then don't use the dull ones, use the sharp ones. Uh, but you, you need sharp chisels ready to go. 
your marking gauge needs to be good so it can cut cross grain without uh, tearing the wood fibers. What's the wood that you're using? How does that affect the uh, the dovetailing? Uh, are you using a softer wood? Are you using a hardwood? Or are you is it a mix of the two in a drawer construction? It often is a pretty material for the drawer front and something soft and uh, more malleable for the side, something easy to plane and fit. Um, so you've made these decisions. You've gotten all these parts ready to go before you begin. And that will help with the actual work. I know that uh, when I start a job, say it's a job I haven't done for a while, what was I doing? I was, um, I was making these little corbels. I've got this project where I've got these posts and I'm cutting these corbels to sort of, uh, you know, stabilize the post but also give it some decoration. And it's just a simple cloud rise um, detail and I'm cutting them on the bandsaw. I'm not template routing them. I'm just cutting them on the bandsaw and then cleaning them up. And I'm thinking, okay, well, how do I do this? And I've got to, you know, do a good job on cutting them so that there's less cleanup. And then I'm going to take them over to my sander, my little drum sander. I've got a homemade uh, two-inch diameter drum, and I'm going to sand the, the cloud rise. But if I'm too aggressive with that, then the where it meets with the flat of this corbel, I've I'll have to readjust the flat. I just cut that straight on the bandsaw, so I've got to adjust how I attack that. All these little decisions that add up to um, work coming out easily or with difficulty. And the first one is always slow. The first one that you do. You're remembering your steps. You're remembering how you hold yourself. Oh, if I, if I hold the piece this way against the drum sander, it tends to shoot out of my hands. Whereas if I move into the rotation with the cloud rise form, I get a better cut. Um, I'm cutting downhill and the fibers are supporting the cut and it's easier to locate that as I'm making the cut. Once that's done, then I have to come in there and, and clean that up. And how am I going to do that? Am I going to use a chisel? Am I going to use a, a rasp and a file? Am I going to use sandpaper? There are all these choices you have to make. The flats I'm doing with a, with a block plane. Uh, I'll get in as close as I can with the spoke shave, but in the end, I'm just coming at it at a high angle with the block plane. Block plane's got to be sh uh, got to be sharp. I've got to be ready to to go with it. I've got to be able to read the grain and make my cuts. So many decisions first time through. Oftentimes, you make the wrong ones and go, "Oh, I've cut it too deep on the on the uh, little spindle sander." So now i got to fix that. All right. And the next one, you're smarter. You say, okay, I'm not making that mistake again. I'm going to try something different here. And that's how it works. We learn as we go. And the first time through on any project, first time I cut the dovetails, after, and I haven't cut them in a while, I come back to it and I go, oh, right, I can't, uh, I can't do this. I've got to remember to do this. And then the, the next set are done better. And the next set are done better yet. And so... There is a, a, um, a relearning process, in a way, um, that has to occur so that you can get to the point where you're not thinking about the work. Because, as we know, thinking and woodworking don't mesh very well together. <laughs> the less I think, the better off the work is that I do, if I'm so familiar with it. 
that is, that I don't have to think about, okay, I got to hold my arm here and it's got to be straight when I'm making my saw cut and then I got to think about this and I've got to think about that. You're so familiar with it that you don't have to think about it. That's uh, what's the quote by Yogi Berra about hitting? Thinking and, and hitting don't don't work together. I've ruined that quote, but that's the basic idea. You can't think and hit at the same time. And the same thing, you can't think and saw at the same time. Because if you're thinking about sawing, if I've marked out my dovetails and I've marked out one face and then I've transferred the mark to the top and I've transferred the marks to the other side, what am I doing during the cut? I'm stopping and checking all the time. I'm thinking. I'm double-checking myself. I don't trust myself. I don't trust my saw cut. So all I do is mark them out on one face and make the cuts. Once you get that practice, once your body learns those moves and gets the body memory, then um, things really, things can really happen for you in a uh, much smoother fashion. It takes time. It takes time to relearn it. It takes time to get back in that groove. Um, baseball players are only one out of th- one out of three hits is a great baseball player. So it takes time to get back in that groove. Um, one out of three dovetailers? Nah, we can do, we can do better than that. We can, um, and and maybe sometime we'll we'll talk about uh, how to fix your mistakes. Um, well, not your mistakes. You probably don't make any mistakes. How I fix my mistakes. In any case, this has been Gary Rogowski for the Northwest Woodworking Studio. Thanks very much. This podcast has been about flow, and uh, I hope you'll uh, practice. Get to the bench and practice every day. It's worth it. It's worth it uh, on so many levels. Take care of yourselves. I'll see you soon. Thanks very much. NorthwestWoodworking.com. That's us. Later.